Welcome to Chat with Crystal, empowerment coaching and conversations with real women from around the world. I'm your host, Crystal Andrus Morissette, founder of the SWAT Institute. Women are being called right now to help heal this world. And it's time for a radio podcast that shows the how we're going to do just that, empowering one woman at a time. Now let's get to it. Yeah, let's get to it. It is September. I know I say this every month because I'm always so shocked and surprised how fast time flies when you're having fun. I just think time flies as you're getting older. I don't I don't even understand it. How did we just go through a summer? It felt like I was just at the beginning of summer and my husband and I were saying, let's really enjoy this summer because it goes so fast. And here we are, September, the first Friday of September, September 1st. I want to welcome you for being here today, for listening in, and for those of you who are live with me right now, big, huge thank you for your energy, for showing up, for being present, and for giving me someone to chat with, because it wouldn't we wouldn't be having a chat with Crystal, Empowered Coaching Conversations, without you, so thanks so much, and if you just uh, have come into the uh, private conference line, and you're thinking, you know, today might be the day that I'd like to get some coaching, even if you've done it before, I would love for you to just press star two on your keypad and that will put your hand in the hand up, uh, so to speak, in the queue. And I will see that uh, we're going to we're going to do some coaching together. But before we get going, I want to say this is also the big month of the year for us at the SWAT Institute, because it's the month we launch our one year. We only do this once a year live. Um, our personal empowerment coach certification. It starts on September 21st. And I love teaching this. Uh, it, let me tell you, whether you want to become the most brilliant coach possible, whether you're already a coach and you want to add this type of coaching to your toolkit, um, whether you've, you've just dreamed of maybe one day being a coach, I would love for you to check us out, www.swatinstitute, just like the Special Weapons and Tactical, but we're simply women accredited trainers. And yes, we are going to heal the world one woman at a time. We are the new special, special weapons, um, swatinstitute.com. And just check out the certifications, the personal empowerment coach certification. And what a lot of women have been doing is uh, just doubling down on it and knowing Okay, I'm going to get started with Crystal in September. I'm going to go all the way through. And then in March, our master program begins. And that is 36 live Zoom calls with me every every week for a year. Of course, we take a little summer break and a couple breaks throughout the year. But we really are going to be spending at least 18 months together. Um, but the great news is that you have a lifetime really with us once you graduate you can come back every year to those live classes to feel like you're relevant because I'm always teaching live. So although the curriculum is has been created now, um, life is always changing and the group of women that are in the course are changing. And so it's almost like a live working program, like a live working document. It just, um, things that are happening in the world, we weigh in, we talk about it, we create this really safe place for you to do your own work because we all have to do our own work. Um, and then for you to get these incredible processes and interventions that you can use uh, in your career, but in your personal life too. 
the reason we call it personal empowerment coaching is because it it's really helping a client through anything she might be going through personally. Um, it's not that you can't use that process to help her in her business or um, uh, with her finances, um, but it's really a, a tool that we help you first and foremost, help to be able to identify where someone, you yourself, your kids, your partner, clients, um, whatever it might be, where they are, we're going to use this word resonating at um, emotionally. And we always say, I always say, we want to always work with emotions first and then strategy. So what does that mean? It means if someone's just feeling really down um, energetically or emotionally, they feel just like they're carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders. They feel sad or depressed or heavy or confused or lost or afraid. Can you imagine them making decisions, sometimes life-changing decisions from that place? Um, it's hard to see the forest for the trees, uh, the saying goes. And so what we do is we say, let's get you to a to higher ground, so to speak. Let's get you sort of up the mountain a bit so that when you look out, you start to see that there are way more choices and way more options than those really limited ones you felt you had when you were sort of down at the bottom of the barrel. Um, does that mean we are about spiritually bypassing emotions? No. That doesn't mean that if you're feeling really down, we say, let's just pivot out of it. And I do it with that sort of facetious voice because we're, it's not it's not about pivoting out of an emotion. It's not about bypassing emotions we don't like. We meet a client right where she's at, right in what whatever energy she's in. And we have these really amazing, unique processes to and quite a few for every emotional level to help that woman sort of explore it, understand it, um, even even maybe learn from it, maybe even on some level accept it um, so that they can shift higher. And I you know, I have heard sometimes over the years, people who aren't empowerment coaches almost poo-poo on this style of coaching where they're like, you know, you, you, you know, this high, high emotions aren't better. Well, they are, they do certainly feel better, don't they? When we're feeling accepting or uh, reasonable or loving or joyous, when we're having fun, doesn't, isn't it easier to make better decisions when you're in a higher place? So, no, it's not about um, like trying to pull someone out of the dark, but it is about turning the light on for them um, and then teaching them how to turn the light up themselves so they can learn how to do it for themselves. I also want to say this program is also for women who maybe aren't even sure they want to become a coach. Maybe they're already in a career where they're working with people um, we have had women who are everything from doctors, medical doctors, to um, physiotherapists, to massage therapists, chiropractors, nutritionists. We've had lawyers, teachers, people in human resources, um, uh, communication experts, um, uh, of course, authors, writers, just women who want to really master or, yeah, master and understand all of the different emotions that we embody as human beings 
and knowing how to navigate our way through them. So uh, I would love if you're sitting on the fence or you've been with us before and you've taken some time off, make this September the month of 2023 that you decide I'm in it to win it. I'm getting back in it. I want to win in my own life. I want to feel great in my own life. I want to have some really amazing tools in my emotional toolkit to navigate my own life, to navigate my own relationships. And wow, imagine if I could make money doing this. And you can. Um, and that's what the master program also brings to to um, to the coaching program as well, because we really dive into not just becoming a master at empowerment coaching, but knowing how to build your own business from the ground floor up. And in this day and age, um, it, we're really talking about building an online business. So I help you first and foremost, figure out your why. I help you figure out sort of the purpose from the pain. Uh, we all have painful stories. And when we don't know how to sort of find the message in the mess or the gift in the garbage, so to speak, sometimes we can be operating from, from our pain story. Um, rather than our purpose. We actually just had a webinar. If you have not signed up for it yet, or if you haven't listened to it yet, oh, please do. It. We just had it. I don't know. I got off that webinar and thought, wow, that was... Listen, there's always more. I always wish there was more things I said, things I could have, but we have an hour. And I got off that one just thinking, wow, like we really have an amazing team. It was my myself, me, Brita, Aragon, and me, myself and I. And um, we had, uh, I just think, a, a great conversation about accessing your purpose and, and what life feels like when you're living from your purpose um, rather than your pain and how to stay, even when life throws you things and it sometimes feels like it knocks you down, it doesn't have to take you down and keep you down. Um, and I think that when we find our purpose and we start living from our purpose, our life feels so much more meaningful. We're so much gentler with ourselves when we're having a down day. We know, wait, wait, this is just a down day, but my life has meaning. My life matters and I'm doing things that make a difference. Uh, we also um, had a little quiz that I did a couple of questions during that webinar uh, to help you figure out. Um, and I, I coined these terms. Um, if you're a light connector, if you're a light protector, or you're a light worker. And when I use the word light, I really just mean energy. Um, and, you know, we all, we all resonate. We all, we are all actually made up of energy. I think that's sometimes I'm like, why didn't we teach this stuff to our kids? Or why wasn't it taught to us when we were little that to the naked eye? Yeah, I'm me. You're you. This is the desk that I'm sitting in front of. This is the microphone, and it all looks physical. Okay, so it is physical. It's physical. Albert Einstein said matter and energy are perfectly interchangeable. And what that means is that science also says that, yes, to the naked eye, things look solid, like matter, M-A-T-T-E-R. It looks like it's material, matter. But if we were to be able to take a special microscope and zoom down on, say, you, your hand, um, you would see that the top layer is cellular. But then if we kept zooming down, we'd say, wow, that's wild. We are actually created out of these tiny, tiny little 
um, billions of these little bundles of vibrating energy called an atom, A-T-O-M. So we're actually all created of atoms. And guess what? Those atoms, the atoms that make you, you, and me, me, are the same material or they're, uh, as stardust. And as woo-woo as that sounds, it's science. So we are all just these bundles of vibrating energy. And the earth is a big ball of vibrating energy. And that energy moves up through us. Um, we might call that energy consciousness. So like when you're alive, you're conscious. And what, what, what turns it on? What, tur what makes us alive? Energy. So the energy flows up through us. You know, when the heart stops ticking and there's no, no electrical currents in the brain, they say we're, we've passed, we're no longer here. So we're this ball of vibrating energy. And what's incredible is every emotion resonates or vibrates at a different speed of energy. And the, I'm going to call them higher energies, not that they're, not that some are bad or good, but the higher resonating energies tend to feel better. Like peace resonates really fast. Uh, the energy of love and joy and laughter, it, it just resonates much faster. And you feel lighter, like your energy is lighter. So that's what I mean when I say a light worker. Um, and you can take the quiz. We're actually going to be sending out the quiz um, a little bit later today. Uh, and if you're hearing this as a replay, head over to the SWAT Institute and sign up to take the quiz. Are you a light worker, light protector, or light connector? Um, and here's what I think is so great about taking that quiz. You start to realize that these are just career strategies. These are like helping you find your purpose because not everyone is meant to be front and center up on the stage, but that doesn't mean that you, you might be someone who's a light protector and a light protector. What I wrote here, I actually, if you hear the pages of the book, I'm just flipping open my book, the emotional edge, where I wrote this in the final chapter called what's my purpose. Um, and light protectors are protectors of that light. I'm just going to uh, just take a moment to read this to you, and then we're going to go to the lines, and we're going to do some coaching. I've written that the light protectors have mastered the balance. They're almost like, if you've heard me talk about woman energy, mother energy, and daughter energy, I find light protectors, really amazing light protectors. These are women who, if they were to fall more one way to the other, whether they be more in mother energy or daughter energy, they tend to be more mother energy. And when that mother energy has been healed, these women show up like the most brilliant life protectors. They, they give of themselves, not up themselves. They don't give up themselves anymore. And a lot of times when we're in mother energy, we're giving up ourselves. Light protectors are often, um, the people will say, they're an old soul. They're the salt of the earth. You can count on these people. They have strength, conviction, integrity, accountability. Now, that doesn't mean light connectors don't. But light protectors are often um, the unsung heroes. They're the doctors and the nurses and the firefighters and the paramedics and detectives and judges and prosecutors. They're even the producers that they're help produce the event. They're the 
the publishers that publish the book. They're the photographers and the videographers. They're the natural paths. They're the coaches. Like when you're in, when you naturally have a lot of mother energy, you often are just so brilliant at coaching, at caretaking, at nurturing, at being able to listen and show up and support. And so I am a very strong light protector but I'm also a light worker. And that often is what tends to happen. Um, we, we might be a light worker that falls one way more than the other. So the light connector, on the other hand, is sort of like those women who, they say more naturally in when, they're, when they haven't done the deep healing work, they're more in their daughter energy. But when they've healed, they've healed that daughter energy. These are the ultra networkers. These are the social butterflies. These are the women who just love spreading the light. They, they love going to the meetings. They love attending conferences. They love parties. They love events. They love social business dates. They know who's who. They know what's trending, what's cutting edge. And I'll tell you, if they love you, they will tell the world. So interestingly, in my business, my daughter Madeline, who's on the call right now, of course, faithfully, um, she would naturally fall. And that's why in a business and as a businesswoman, I always try to make sure that I have women who are really strong light protectors and light connectors on my team. If I only had light protectors, that we would all just be behind the scenes, protecting the work, building out the courses, to, but we wouldn't have anyone being able to sell it or share it. Or, 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 or spread it. Um, and so that's what Brita is. Brita is this brilliant, Madeline's also a light worker and Brita's also a light worker. But Brita is the light connector. And so if you haven't had a phone call yet with Brie, you're gonna wanna do that. She is all about connecting the dots. And she loves me, she loves the SWAT Institute. She loves Madeline, she loves my family. Um, the light connectors maybe don't necessarily write the books, um, but man, when they love something, they will share it like it's their own. So I would love if you want to take the quiz and see if you fall more towards being a light protector or a light connector. Um, and of course, light workers, that's a lot of us. That's a lot of us who are, you know, um, there was a, a beautiful um, quote by, Edith War, War, Wharton, sorry, rather, Edith Wharton, and she broke limits. She was a woman um, in the late 19th, early 20th century. She was one of the greatest writers at a time when women had no rights. And she wrote, um, there are two ways of spreading the light, to be the candle or the mirror that reflects it. The light worker is really like the candle. They're like, I am not passing my torch. I will light your torch. I will teach you how to light other people's torches, but I'm never passing my torch. And um, sometimes the light connectors forget, and sometimes the light protectors forget to protect their own light. Um, and so I think you're going to love the quiz. Anyways, I've talked enough. It's time for us to go to the phone lines and do some coaching. But just before we do, I want to say you want to check out that, that webinar, Access Your Purpose, take the quiz, find out which one you fall more into. And I will tell you, when I was noticing during the live chat in the quiz, how many of the women answered that they were, wow, I have almost all answers in, in under the light protector. And I wanted to write back, you'd be a brilliant coach. 
Um, life protectors are brilliant coaches. We care. We want to heal. We're, we don't, we, we, we're okay getting dirty. We're okay getting in the trenches. We know we don't need a world with more celebrities. We need a world with more healers and teachers and, and, and caregivers and people that are willing to get in the trenches to make the world um, a safer more beautiful place for all of us. So here we go. I'm headed over to the phone lines. Angela, I know I unmuted your line just before we went live. Uh, so I already know we have Angela on the line. Hey, Angela, I've just unmuted your line. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm great. Where are you calling from? Just the country? England. England. Angela from England. You have no idea how excited I get when I, because I'm from Canada. So every time I have a woman that calls in from any country other than Canada, I'm always like, someone is spreading the light. We're with someone has connected us. Um, so Angela, I'm so glad we were connected today. I'm so glad you had the courage to call in. And I'm so glad that you unmuted your line and you raised your hand. What's going on for you? I'd love to support you. And even if you're not 100% sure why you called in for coaching, I think we'll figure it out together. Oh, thanks. Thanks for this. Uh, so uh, I work lots with clients already, and I I would say I do light work, but I I feel like I fall off very often. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm good, I'm centered, and then I'm off again. And I have a dynamic going on with my partner. We've been together for very many years. And I notice a, a real push-pull dynamic, like he... Like he's not a light worker, so it feels. What would you say he is? A wounded soul? No, I shouldn't say that. I could just. I'm just. I think he's a wounded soul. I yeah. think he's a wounded soul. And so the and, light protector um, in you wanted to help protect him and heal him and protect that light. And that's probably what brought you together on some level. It often happens. Us mother energy light protectors like see the wounded souls, and we wanna, we wanna help them. Um, so what's happening now in when you say I, I'm, I, first of all, did you say that you're a coach? Is that what you said you already are as a coach? I already am a coach. Okay, yeah. great. Yay. Another fellow coach. But I don't, I, yeah, I do different work. That's okay. I, I, I don't actually know which work you do, but yeah. um, I, I, I help people to awaken to their spiritual wholeness. Well, you're definitely a light worker. You've got to be a light yeah. worker. You're definitely a light but, worker. But my partner is not on that path. And yeah. I. And when you say you've been together a long time, can you tell me number of years? 20. 20 years. 20 okay. Years. Yeah, and when you met time. him, when you met him 20 years ago, where, where would you say you were both at? Like just the, the really fast version of sort of, we were both here. This is how we met. This is what, what we fell in love or what brought us together. Yeah, I would say that we were, I was big time on a spiritual path and he was, he was interested. He was dabbling. Yeah. And um, over time of us being together, he's kind of closed that down and okay. said, no, that's, that's not right for him. Yeah. I mean, he's very supportive, very, very supportive okay. of me doing what I'm doing, yeah. but it's not his path. Yeah. And um, I feel like I'm irritated with that. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm, I don't want to sit talking about cars and yeah. telly and I, I'm just irritated with it. Yeah. But I also don't want him to go. Like, I don't, I, I don't want him to leave and I don't want me to leave and... Yeah. Yeah, you love um, him. You love him, but you've over twenty years. You have different interests, and he has things. 
Uh, I gotta tell you, Angela, like, uh, my poor husband, like, if only he knew how much I talk about my relationship publicly, right. thank God he never listens to my stuff. But interestingly, we've been together 16 years. And same thing, when I met him, I was like, we're going to go to Africa and build Simply Women safe havens. And he was like, I'm coming too. And I was like, wow, I, I, he, I, you know, he was going to do it all with me. And then he likes MMA fighting now. And he la and I'm like, what has happened here? How did we go from being, I thought we were kind of, no, I was on the spiritual journey. And when a man loves a woman, you know, he's going to tell her what he's got to tell her uh, to right. get her to fall in love with them. And so your guy uh, is very supportive. He wants you to do you. He, he doesn't want to get in the way, but he's not, he's not on that spiritual journey um, the same way you are. And yours is continuing to grow and progress. So when you say, I feel really irritated, okay, that's okay. Listen, I think that's, that's the reality in an honest moment of long-term relationships. We have times that we're like, wow, we're on. I know why I fell in love with you. And then sometimes it can be extended periods of time that you're like, ooh, uh, why are we together again? Um, but there's, there's, I, I, what I love about long-term relationships and longevity is that, that moment, and we're going to do some empowerment coaching today right around this, but that moment where something in you clicks and you, you find each other again and you, you find like something just boom and you, you feel your energy aligning again and you feel the magic between you again. And then you're like, wow, I'm so glad I'm, I stuck it out. You know, this love is a beautiful thing. Um, yeah, right. So we have come, like I would say we went through a big time where we were just arguing and pushing each other away and we're much better now, but we are living alongside each other. But the reason why I actually wanted to jump on was yeah. because I feel like I've done this before. Like I feel like I hold men at a distance and, yeah. go and push them away a little bit. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I'm doing that with him and he, and he knows it. He's like, you always push me away. And I would think, well, I was pushing away because... He's not on my path, but yeah. maybe, I don't know, maybe yeah. there's some other pattern going on. But beautiful. I love that you're aware. You have an awareness about it. Like, I know that I do this. This is my pattern. Mm. I hold men at a distance. So I'm holding him I at do. a distance. Um, mm. And uh, so this is about you. What I love about what we're going to do right now is it, it's always about you. Like, it's about you. It's about me. Your life is about yeah. you. Your relationships are about you. It, your man is is is. I don't want to say merely. I don't mean it like that. But he is, he is mirroring you back to you. He's showing you what you love. He's showing you what you hate. He's showing you what you accept. He's showing you what you don't accept. He's showing you that I do this dance. I do this dance, and I even. When you were talking even about your business, I think you started off the call and I wrote down a lot of things and I didn't write that one down, but you said something like, I start, I mean, I'm really good and centered or I fall off. Do you remember saying that near the beginning of our- Yeah, I do. Yeah. Can you bring me just yeah. back to that so I can start to connect some, some of the dots here, like the pattern, which is I'm really good and centered. And then what happens even in your business? Tell me. Oh, you're so amazing. Thank you so much. Um, so uh, I, I guide people and I have to be in a certain space to guide people. So I get myself into that space to guide people. Yeah. And we have an amazing session. 
And then in between, I can feel really quite despairing. And I hide from the world. I don't see people because I'm just back in my own space and I'm aware that I'm not in that high vibration. So I, yeah, yeah I yeah. jump into judgment. Mostly judgments. Judgments will bring me down. So mostly those grievances and judgments where I'm aware that I'm just irritated with my partner and, yeah, uh, but you're doing, you know, just annoying not, with life. And then I have to G myself up again. Yeah, you know, you're doing the hard work. You're in the trenches, though. So God bless you. Like, Angela, <laughs> honestly, this is like doing what you do and what I do is not for the faint of heart. You are a light protector. You are a big time light protector. You're trying to help people turn up the light, turn up their inner light, protect that light. And, and it's, and sometimes I, you know, I've, I have it happen to me where I'm just like, boom, I'm on, I do a podcast, I'm talking, I'm energized, I'm amazing. And then I have these moments of like the lows and I, my intuition right now just wants to say, um, a part of what makes you so brilliant at being able to access the highest levels is also what allows you, and you don't want to, but it's what allows you to also reach the lower levels. And we want to get up in those high levels. I get it. And we want to stay there. Um, and sometimes we feel like we're almost on an emotional roller coaster. And um, because you're giving so much and you're, you're showing up so vibrantly for somebody else, uh, sometimes that can be burnout. That can be, I'm not having enough fun myself. I'm not protecting myself enough. I'm not protecting my own little inner girl that needs to have fun and joy and pleasure. I'm feeling irritated way too much of the time. Um, and you're, and, I, and I'm hearing you say, wow, you know, what's interesting that shows up in my relationships too. Like I, I met this guy and I don't mean to say it like guy, cause he's been around 20 years, but I met this man and I was all in. And then I, but I, I just want to say like in an honest moment, part of that is life. Like you're, you're sharing something that is honest and it's universal and it's part of being human. Um, and I just think that you're so aware of the highs that you're like, I want those highs all the time. And I want to be able to stay in that high, right? There's a little laugh of truth there. So there's some truth to that to you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, not high, high, but connected. Yeah. yeah. When I mean high, I don't mean high, high yeah. either. I mean, yeah. connected, like you feel deeply connected. So if right now it didn't make you a bad woman, it didn't make you a bad partner, it didn't make you a bad coach, it didn't mean anything about you. If you could just close your eyes and take a couple of deep breaths just with me, all of us, we can all do this, everybody that's listening right now, just be able to close your eyes, take a couple of deep breaths and imagine there's a little Angela, she's you at your age, but she's just right in there in your brain, busy, busy brain. And just for a few minutes, let's just press the down button like a little elevator. And that, that elevator, that platform is just starting to lower down, down, down. Let it come out of your thoughts, out of the busyness, out of the brain. And just let it keep dropping all the way down through your throat chakra, all the way down into your chest. And maybe even put your hand, one of your hands or both of your hands over your chest to remind yourself of who you really are and where the real you resides. And just let yourself come down into your breath. And let yourself come down into your body. And you use the word irritated, but if it didn't make you a bad woman at all, what is the feeling right now that's just under the surface or that's been rumbling under there for a little period of time? If you could give that feeling 
tell me what the feeling or the sensation feels like in your body, or if you know it's a certain emotion, what would that emotion be? Um. There's no right or wrong answer. Can you feel what? Do, what does it feel like in your chest? Can you can you fall into? I your feel body? like I'm pushing. It feels like I'm pushing away. I'm pushing away from my partner. That's what it feels like. I'm it's pushing. like a resistance. Yeah, great. Um, like I'm I'm recoiling inside. But that's again a very familiar sensation. I feel like I've always recoiled inside around men. <laughs> okay, there's another little laugh of truth. So that's okay. Mm -hmm. So I coil inside around men. And how long do you think that, like, at what age did that start happening where you started feeling like you were in a push and pull and kind of pulling back and not giving all of you, all of yourself? Um, I can remember when I was 16, 16. Uh, maybe, I'm sure earlier, I don't remember much of my childhood. Okay, let's start with the 16. So I was 16 and... and and not that I always bring someone back into a memory like this, but it, it feels like you're really aware. So let's just do this because my intuition is leading me here. So you remember the first time um, making the decision. I Tell me about that. When you can remember it at 16, what happened? I remember a boyfriend trying to just trying to get close to me and I was just like, like just completely pulling away but not even boyfriends I remember doing it with everybody like just people just talking to me normally I'd be recoiling away yeah so from the time you were little so from the time you were little you had something inside of you that felt like you you didn't feel comfortable um letting anyone in fully yeah I'm sure it was a pattern from when I was little I can't quite recall that but yes yeah Intuitively, it feels like, yeah, yes, yeah. I didn't let people in. Yeah. And it, certainly the first time I was trying to be intimate with somebody, he was like, oh, my God, what happened? You know, why are you recoiling away? But <laughs> I, I don't know why I did. I can't, I can't remember anything. Yeah, and, you know, like we're, not doing we're not doing therapy, so yeah. that might be something if one day you wanted to sort of yeah. explore that. Um, but... If you could give that recoiling an emotion, is it called? Like, let me give you a couple different emotions and just kind of energetically what it feels like. Is it, would you say it's a feeling of like shame or embarrassment? Would it be a feeling of like, uh, I feel badly, I feel guilty, I don't want to be doing this, I shouldn't be doing this? Is it a feeling of helplessness or um, stuck, like I don't want to be here? Is it a feeling of sorrow or sadness? It's a feeling of fear. Fear. Great. Great. Let's just breathe into that. And we don't always know where fear comes from. Sometimes it can be generational. It can be generational trauma. It can be passed down literally through DNA all the way from our grandmother. Um, sometimes it can be something we've gone through, a trauma we remember, a trauma we don't remember. So let's just breathe into that fear for a minute. Let's, let's know that that fear has been there for so long. Do you mind me asking how old you are? 60. 60. So let's imagine that for 50 years or longer, there's this feeling of fear that's been in under the surface. And that, and, and I, bravo to you for being able to just go there and feel it and, and know that I have, ha I've carried this fear inside of me for so long. And I'm 60 now. And I don't want to let it 
control my life. I don't want to let it. I don't want to let it ruin my relationship. Because I heard you say, like, I'm really irritated with him, but I don't want to break up. I still want to be with him. Um, and he's supportive. So I know that you know this is about you. Because you could trade him in, and you'll find another man, and this pattern will be repeated. So it's about you. Yeah. So yeah. if if you could, what 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 is it about that fear if you could just stay with it and breathe into it like what what comes up for you that you fear like that comes up as the fears the fear of what are you afraid of what do you think that fear is attached to not wanting you to experience be become i'm afraid of does anything come up for you um I'm afraid to be loved. I'm afraid to be hurt. I'm afraid to let anyone in. I'm afraid to be discovered. I'm afraid I'm not good enough. I'm. Does anything come up for you inside your body when you feel it? Possibly afraid to be discovered or not good enough. Yeah. And you know what? That is the number one fear most people have. That if they allowed someone to get close enough, if they pulled off all their masks and were raw and real and fully authentic, someone would, and especially the person they've chosen, they would discover you're not all that. You're not all that. And you're not good enough. And you're not enough. And so we keep these masks on to protect us until we reach a certain point where we realize this isn't serving me anymore. This is hurting me now. And imagine on the spectrum of light, let's just use it that way, or the vibrancy of life, when we have low-grade fear all the time, and I've had it, I can't believe I finally feel like, and I'm, I'm, when I say this, Angela, I literally mean in the last year, I've, I've felt it dissipate, and I'm 52. Um, and, it, and it might come back again. It probably will because I'm a human being. But, um, and I've had times where it wasn't dominant and then there was times it was. So when we live life from that place, that energy, almost imagine like, let's say we have a thousand watt bulb. And when we're resonating up like fearlessly or in so much self-love and so much confidence and so much just complete acceptance of ourselves, that light is like, you know, like five, 600 watts. When we're down in fear, it's sort of around 50 watts. So it's hard to feel amped. It's almost like you have to work so hard to draw on, on this light, this connected, this divine light, this um, I think you used words sort of like spiritual. There's spirituality when we're inspired, we're in spirit. Um, but then when that goes, when we're not with that client, we fall back down into the place that is most familiar to us. And for you, fear has been a familiar feeling for a long time. Does that, yeah. does that feel right? Does that feel right what I'm saying? Yes, it does feel right. So yeah. one of the things I will say is this is almost counterintuitive to what most coaching styles would be, but I love, um, I love shadow work and I love, because we all have fear and pretending to not be afraid when we're afraid doesn't work. Putting a mask on fear and pretending to be a warrior doesn't work. Not long-term. Eventually 
you know, we we can't keep it up. It, it's it's just too heavy of a feeling all the time to be rumbling around inside of us. So I have this sort of fear-busting exercise, and I will ask a client, believe me, you're not alone in this, um, just to kind of think about the worst possible things that someone could find out about us. Like if if someone got really close, if your partner got right in so close and you let down all your walls and you just let him fully know you, love you so intimately, so vulnerably, what would be the worst thing that you would never want him to know? What would be one of your deeper fears? I'm not enough. What else? What else comes up for you? Like, what would be the worst possible thing he could call you or anyone could call you? Like, I'll tell you some of mine. And I've had to do work. I, I've done some, and we're going to do it together today. Um, you're just like your mother. That, that was a big one for me. Like, I'm not like my mother. Um, but I'm a, there's a lot of things I'm like my mother about. So being just like my mother or you're a fraud or you're fake or you're, um, you're uh, difficult, demanding, a control freak. Like there was just a list of things that in my most honest moment, I almost went out of my way to prove I was like Mother Earth so that uh, no one would ever know that under the surface I maybe felt like a fraud or I maybe felt like I... Um, I never, you know, I just, there were things that I never wanted anyone to know. Does anything come up for you? And it takes courage to let yourself even go here. So thank you for doing this with me. Oh, thank you for doing this with me. Um, yeah, I definitely just a, a not enough, not good enough. And um, I think probably in moments of anger, you know, we've said all those things to each other. You're demanding, you're control free, you're difficult. We've said all that, but... Yeah. Um, so even if I were to say I, that, if, if 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 I if I got to know you when we became really close friends, and one day, in a heated argument, I just said, you know what, Angela, you put on this facade like you're this spiritual healer, and the truth is, you are so difficult, you're so demanding. Would that still trigger you, or would you be like, oh well, work through it? Uh, it doesn't trigger me if my partner says it, but I do feel like an imposter because I'm guiding people and I feel like I'm not doing it myself. Yeah, yeah. So I, that that is a a very ongoing feeling yeah. of I feel like so yeah. Do you, like try, a fake. do you want to try a process that can sometimes just boom blow the lid right off this, and you don't have to do years of therapy? It takes about five minutes. Yeah, I'd love to. Thank yeah, you. I love this one. I love this process, and so I I. You know, whether whether we could do the full 10-step process, but the bottom line at the end of it is learning how to almost neutralize a fear. And the way that we do it is we practice owning it and claiming it rather than being ashamed of it and trying to pretend we're not it. So first of all, I'm going to do the 10-step because we have a bit of time. So when you were growing up, who in your life uh, pretended to be something they weren't who in your life faked it or was an imposter or or sort of put on airs i think my dad my dad great 
and it's always that, by the way. It's always one of our parents. Right. <laughs> always. Like, it's always like, it's just like when I said it, you're just like your mother. It's like, yeah, there were things about my mother that I was like, I don't want to be like that. Um, and so we spend so much energy trying to prove we're not like that. So you have spent right. so much energy trying to prove you're not like your dad. Um, did, how did your, did your, did your mom ever say things about your dad to you when he wasn't around? Like, oh, I hate when he acts like that, or you don't want to be like that. Or when did you, how did you f- realize that the way that your dad behaved was not, was not appropriate? Um, my mom never used to say anything. She was really quiet. You could never argue with her, but she was walked all over. Like yeah. my dad was really, uh, really angry and strong and she just put up with it. So yeah. I was the one as a child saying, don't speak to her like that. But yeah. she'd always tell me to be quiet if I said that. So, okay. um, and so yeah, I always realized that. Yeah, so you're, you knew from the time you were little, and you don't want to be like your dad. You don't want to be angry. And tell me a few more of the words that would have described him when you were young that made you really frustrated for your mom's sake and for all of your sake. Really, really controlling and really belittling of her. I go crazy if anyone belittles me. He was very belittling of her in front of other people as well. Yeah. So belittling, Um, controlling. um, Is there any other word in there that could just fit this right now? Um... I don't know. He was just a bit cut off. Yeah, cut off. Cut off. Yeah. Um, not not affectionate, not warm, but distant. Yeah, distant. Um, and do you remember when you made the decision, I don't want to be like that? I don't want to be like my dad? Um, Maybe it wasn't a specific time, but I've already heard you say from the time I was little, I already knew I don't want to be like my dad. And I don't like the way he treats my mom. How have you overcompensated to not be distant? <laughs> Which I just laugh myself only because I love this work. Because I literally, if I look at the page before, what did you told me? I push him away. I recoil. I'm really good at holding men at a distance. Um, so everything you didn't want to be. And that's why it's so hard to shine light on the stuff that we have spent 60 years trying to not be like. I don't want to be distant, but guess what? When I act like that, I don't like myself. Ah, okay. When I act like my father, I have, I, I don't have compassion for that kind of behavior. I don't have compassion. I didn't have compassion when my dad acted like that growing up, when he would cut people off, when he'd be, and you use the word, I'm really irritable. He irritates me. Like, these are literally the words. So why don't we own those words Angela, because we can all be distant and we can all be angry and we can all be controlling at times and we can all be belittling. But what you've done is you've overcompensated, become this spiritual light worker, which is a beautiful thing. Listen, a lot of us find our purpose from our pain. That's the beauty. That's the beauty of what you've done. But could you do this for me right now? It's just, it'll take maybe a minute or two. And I, you're going to keep saying something until I tell you to stop. Um, okay. So you're going to say, I am, I am cold and angry and distant, just like my father. Oh, wow. Okay. I am cold and angry and distant, just like my father. Say it again. 
I am cold and angry. Can I add controlling in there? I'm cold and angry and controlling and distant, just like my father. Again. I am cold and angry and controlling and distant, just like my father. Let's keep going. I am cold and angry and controlling, distant, just like my father. I'm cold and angry and controlling and distant, just like my father. I'm con- I'm cold and angry and controlling and distant, just like my father. Keep going. I'm cold and angry and controlling and distant, just like my father. A few more times. I'm cold and angry and controlling and distant, just like my father. Again. I'm cold and angry and controlling and distant, just like my father. How do you feel when you're saying that? Like a bit upset. Yeah, let's keep going. That's that's great. I want to actually tell you, bravo, you're busting through. I'm cold and angry and controlling and distant, just like my father. Say it again. I'm cold and angry and controlling and distant, just like my father. Let's do three more times. I'm cold and angry and controlling and distant, just like my father. I'm cold and angry and controlling and distant, just like my father. I'm cold and angry and controlling and distant, just like my father. Is anything changing or shifting, or does it still feel the same? I feel really upset that I'm like that. Yeah. Um, So here's what I'm going to tell you that I would love for you to do when you get off the phone with me. You go to the mirror and you say that for 10 minutes, if it takes 10 minutes. You don't do this every day, like an affirmation. You're going to do this until you bust through because what you're, what's happening for you is perfect because that allows you to actually realize, wow, I've, I have all of this shame around these really human conditions. Like we can all be cold. We can all be controlling, but you have put so much effort in your lifetime to overcompensate, to not be like your father, that these words have such an emotional charge for you. Yeah. They have such an emotional charge for you. And what's going to happen, and if we had time today and you could just do this for another 10 minutes, and really we could, I'm going to give you, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. So this is going to be the light at the end of the tunnel. Something is going to break. Then you're going to start to feel angry that you're saying this. And then you're going to start to feel like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not like my father. I'm not like my father. I have been like my father. I could be like my father. But I'm not my father. And in fact, maybe it's time I forgive my father. Maybe it's time I consider the possibility of forgiving my father for being such a controlling, cold, angry, distant man. And maybe it's time I learn to forgive myself. Right. What, what comes up for you when I say it? When I tell you this? Um, I don't know if I know how to do that, to yeah. forgive my dad or forgive to. myself. Okay, listen, we don't have to yet. But, and we don't, because here's the truth. Forgiveness comes at such a high level of consciousness. It comes effortlessly. When we've, we've pulled the charge, first of all, on those words. Yeah. Because I can be cold. I can be controlling. I can be angry. I can be distant. 
but those words don't have a charge for me um, anymore. And until we can pull the charge on certain words, we still put so much energy into not being like that. And the truth is the people around you see that you can be like that. It becomes our shadow. Right. Yes. Right. So your shadow, that the stuff that you've got buried down in your basement, so to speak, in your unconscious is this decision you made at a young age. I'm not going to be like my dad. And then you have to say to yourself, what does that cost me? What does it cost me to, to try to prove I'm not like my dad? Yeah. What does it cost you, Angela? Tell me. Tell me at 60 years old, what are some of the ways that it's cost you trying to prove you're not like your father? Um... Well, I've never felt close to a man. There it is. You just said it. And you want to know what's amazing, Angela? You said it right at the beginning of our call. I hold men at a distance. I have been holding men at a distance from the time I was a little girl when I would see the way my father would treat my mother and I would make a decision. I will never let anyone do that to me. Yes, it feels right. Right? Yes. I will never let a man treat me like that. So I'm never going to let a man get close. Even my, even this wonderful guy who I'm irritated with. I'm irritated. I'm irritated. I'm irritated. I'm irritated. I'm irritated, irritated, irritated. Because I can be cold and angry and controlling and distant. And it's showing up in my relationship as a mirror to show me where I've buried that part of myself, trying so hard to overcompensate and be the light and be the joy for other people, but not for myself. Yes. Right? I love your laugh of truth. I'm robbing myself of freedom and, and self-forgiveness and full self-acceptance and full self-disclosure and oh fucking well, I can be controlling. And I still deserve love. I can be controlling at times. I can be distant at times. But that doesn't mean that's who I am. These words are so emotionally charged for you. And it's not because you are these things, Angela. It's because you will do everything in your power to not let anyone know you can be these things. But they're human things. Yeah. And they were just so amplified in your father that you made a decision, I'm never going to be like that. But there comes a, there are times in life that you need to be cold and distant with someone. That's not a terrible quality. But it's a terrible quality for you because of your experience growing up. Right. Right? Um, there's going to be other people that that's not, if you were to say to them, you can be really distant, they might even laugh and go, I know, I do it on purpose. Like, it's not a charge. It's not a bad quality. Yeah, I can be cold and distant, and it's called self-protection, and I'm okay with it. It's smart. But we each have different qualities that we decided, usually at a really young age, I never want to be like that. I, I am so fun and free and 
wild, I don't want to say wild, but just fun and free and carefree and wild. And I love a party and I love a good time. But when I was younger, if anyone would have said that I was those qualities, those were qualities that my mother who would be, who would, you know, that hurt us really badly as children and teenagers because she was, she was neglectful because she was selfish and free and wild and drinking and partying. And I made a decision. I'm never going to be like that. And then I bury these things in my own subconscious. And then if someone were to go, oh, you're an alcoholic, I would be like, oh, I don't want anyone to know that I drink wine. I do drink wine. I had to make peace with these certain things to be like, okay, I cannot let these have such a charge for me. Because that charge, it's almost like you have these little holes in the bottom of your boat. And you're, you're, all your energy is going into bailing out the water in your boat all the time. It's exhausting. I never want anyone to know this. I can't ever be like this. And I never want to be this. But the truth is I'm so irritated. I'm irritated all the time. But I don't. Yeah. Do you see that? I'm just like my father. I'm just like my father. I, so I, I see that. Now, and I see that you're saying that the charge might uh, clear as, as I repeat that. Yes. The charge of I don't want to be like my father. I don't understand how that would how that would heal me never letting men get close to me. Because you're going to, it's a start. It's a start. So I, I, this is what I want. I like so badly want to give you my email address, crystal at swatinstitute.com. It's going to come right to me. You're going to do that for 10 minutes or 15 or 20 until it breaks. It will break. The charge will be gone. It'll pull out. And you'll almost start to have a laugh at the fact that you've thought you've hidden this thing from the world. And it's sucked your energy. And it's time to get on with it. Because maybe you can be distant with men. Maybe this is who you are. And do you not still deserve love and intimacy and connection, even if you can sometimes be distant? Oh, I see. You're saying because I took those on and I don't want to be like that and I'm keeping them hidden. I won't let anybody get to know me because That's right. they might discover those things about me. Right. So what if okay, you just yeah. were okay with them? Like what if it was, what if you could say to your husband, your partner, what's his, just his first name? Nobody's going to know. Nobody knows what we're talking, who we are, what we're talking about. What is <laughs> Rupert. Rupert. So, you know, Rupert, I feel like I've been trying to hide this from you, but the truth is I know that I can be really distant and I can be um, really irritable and I can be really controlling and um, I'm just working my stuff out. Like, I, this is just part of who I am. And you know what he'd probably say? Angela, do you actually think I don't know this about you? <laughs> yeah, no, he doesn't know that about me. <laughs> right, and I love your laugh, like, yeah. and I still love you. And I still love you, and you still deserve love, even if you can be cold, even if you are distant, even if you hold men at a distance, you still deserve love. And it's not until you accept that this is who you are, this is how you act at times, that you can actually begin to... Love yourself in spite of it. Be okay with yourself in spite of it. You still deserve a great life. You still deserve to be joyful and resonate high. And listen, this is just one 30-minute process we did. You know, it's not, this isn't going to be the answer for everything in your life. And I'm not saying that suddenly you're going to let men get closer. But telling ourselves the truth about things sets us free. So we can catch ourselves when we're doing it. Oh my God, I'm doing right now to Rupert 
what my dad did to my mom. Oh my God, I'm doing to him. He's a good guy. He's not as spiritual as me. I'm supposed to be all spiritual, but yet I'm the irritated one. Yes. This allows us to be okay with who we are, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay. You get to be a spiritual light worker and still be irritated at times because you're human. You could be the most authentic, high-vibing healer when you are in your purpose. And sometimes you're still so low-vibing and miserable and depressed when you're not doing your purpose because you're human. Does that, does that give you, I, I'm just trying to, you know, just try to feel what's coming up for you. What are you feeling through this process right now? Is there anything that's lifted or shifted? And if it hasn't, it's yeah. No, I feel excited with what you said. It makes total sense. Ah, I feel yeah. it. Okay, I love yeah. that. I can actually feel like you have a smile on your face. <laughs> I do. How beautiful. It's like a, oh, okay, I see that. Yeah. yeah, that's what it means when we say, like, we turn the lights up. Oh, I have another yeah. perspective on this now. Like I yeah. made these decisions as a little girl in my childlike brain that these certain qualities are the worst possible things to be. And so I'm going to do everything in my power to not be like my dad. But guess what? I can sometimes be like my dad because I am my father's daughter, for God's sake. And every yeah. single human being has certain qualities that they decided as a little kid were the worst possible things to be. And how can we ever find self-love, like real, true, just peace in our own being, love in the skin we're in, if we've got these shameful stories that are like hidden down there? Like right. we just need to shine light on it and be like, oh, well, I can be like that. Oh, well. Like, I had to do that where I'm like, I'm so controlling, I'm demanding, I'm difficult, I'm demanding, I'm difficult. That was like, why is that such a big deal? Those were like horrifying words for me. I, I remember walking around my house for about 20 minutes going, I'm a difficult, demanding control freak. I'm a difficult, demanding control freak. I literally had a huge lump in my throat. I wanted to cry. It was just the worst, most horrible things because those were things that my mother would have said to me, you are such a difficult, demanding control freak. Oh my God, that must be the worst possible thing to be. But guess what? If you're going to be a boss babe and an entrepreneur, you better know at times how to be difficult, how to be demanding, and how to be your own quality control. These are not terrible qualities, but but in my mind, those were terrible qualities, like just terrible qualities. Right. Um, for other people, it might be your awkward, your... Um, like, even this, like, it's so funny. Like, if somebody would call some women fat, horrifying. If you were to call some women skinny, horrifying. All because of the power we've given to those words. If someone yeah. were to say to me, you look really skinny, I'd kiss them. <laughs> what? Right. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Do I really? Do I? Where did you notice it? How do you see? Where do I look at? Where do I look thinner? Um, but if you were to say that to someone who has struggled with an eating disorder, who has been really naturally thin their whole life, and all they want is to put some meat on their bones and have a little more shape, if you were to say to that woman, you look really skinny, that could be enough to send her into a crying, shameful fit. So you've got some emotionally charged words around being distant, recoiling, own them. 
own them, for God's sake. You're 60. Make peace with yourself. Right. It's freedom. Yes. And don't don't people usually follow the same gender? Like, wouldn't it be more that I would say, well, I'm never going to be like my mom, then then I'd never be like my dad? Nope. It isn't. It's the qualities that we made a decision when we were little were the worst things to be. I was raised in this Pentecostal, born-again Christian family, and drinking wine was literally like going to hell, like that evil liquid. So you can imagine when I, it was almost like I, as a teenager, I was so, I was so abused, and I was homeless, and I would, I would sneak beer and sit by myself and drink it just to be numb and if anyone found out I was more ashamed that I was drinking than telling people of all the abuse I'd been through it there was these certain things we make decisions in our little childlike brain like if if you don't want to be shy you don't want to be quiet your whole life you made a decision I hate that I'm quiet I hate that I'm shy why can't I just be extroverted we all make decisions and it's 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 not always I don't want to be like my mom because for here's the here's the other the flip side of it. Sometimes we love our mom so much that we almost um, align with her even if she's weak or quiet or but we love her so much that we so it's just it's a it's an interesting thing how our little childlike brains work. But we all make decisions throughout our lives that there's certain qualities that are great qualities to be. And then there are certain qualities that are really inappropriate, unwanted qualities to be. And until we shine light on the truth of what we've, our belief system, we can keep ourselves for 60 years spinning around, almost thinking like, I'm never going to let anyone get really close because they might find out the truth of who I am. And I say, let's make peace with the truth of who we are. Because you still deserve love, even if you had a mean dad. Right. right? You deserve love, even if you had a mean dad and you made a decision to push men away because of your dad. And that yeah. would be a travesty to live the rest of your life pushing men, pushing Rupert away because you had a mean dad. Yeah. It's been really great connecting with you. I would love, Angela, take my email address and honestly send me an email in a couple of days from now once you've done this full process right through to like, holy shit, I pulled the plug. It's gone. I'm giggling. I'm giggling at the idea of being cold. (laughs) I can be cold. Yes, I love being cold. There's times I need to be cold. There are times where someone is so rude and there are people that are so rude and so pushy that you have to learn how to be cold and distant with some people. It's not the worst things to be. So let's make peace with those words. Yes. Yes. Amazing. Thank you so, so much. It's been amazing to work with you. Thank you. Oh, I'm so so grateful and I'm honored. And, you know, I I love that these processes work over and over and over. Uh, It doesn't matter who I jump on a call with. It doesn't matter what country they come from. It doesn't matter how old they are. It works for men. It works for women. It works for children. It's just that I work exclusively with women to give them these tools um, so that we can do that work because I really do believe when we when we can heal ourselves and if we can't heal alone like trust me if we could all heal alone we'd all just write in our journal and then we'd all be healed 
but we can't. We need each other as mirrors. So people mirror back to us what we love about ourselves, and they also mirror back to us what we don't even see. And usually that's what we're irritated by in someone else. You irritate me. I'm, you're mirroring back something to me. I'm cold and distant. This relationship is mirroring back to me that I can be really cold and irritable and distant. And I made a decision. I don't want to be like that. But guess what? I am like that at times. So let's just blow the lid off this. Let's tell myself the truth. Let's stop pretending I'm somebody I'm not. And let's make peace with myself. And when we're not spending so much energy trying to prove her we're not, there's so much energy left over to be who we really are, to be the love, to be the light, to be the joy, to live our purpose. And when we have those days where we feel that irritable, anxious, stressed, fearful, shine light on it, dive into it, explore it, learn from it, thank it. Thank you so much because I'm now this incredible coach. I'm a spiritual light worker because I never wanted to be like my dad. But guess what? I'm not my dad and I'm not my mom and I'm not my kids. I'm me and you're you. It's been great having this uh, coaching conversation today. If you're listening right now and you think, wow, this is really cool. I would love to learn how to actually do this. Um, maybe for myself, maybe for my kids, maybe for my partner, or maybe as a career. I'd love for you to check us out, www.swatinstitute.com. And remember, empowerment equals choice. And when you think you have no choice, you disempower yourself. You got this. And I'll see you next month on the first Friday of October. Bye for now, everyone. Have a great month, a great week, and a great weekend. Thank you for joining us today on Chat with Crystal, empowerment coaching and conversations with real women from around the world. Of course, my name is Crystal Andrus Morissette, and it's been my honor to spend this time with you. If you'd like to be a guest on the show to get the coaching that you need, please visit www.swatinstitute.com. And remember, empowerment equals choice. It's always up to you.